telling you it's real churchy up in here. Hallelujah. Thank God for St. James AME Church. Hallelujah. As the boys on the street would say, you got your back tonight. Back. Hallelujah. We praise the Lord as we come. I enjoy good singing. I can't sing. God didn't give me that gift. But I've been blessed to pastor churches with good choirs. And now we have an Episcopal district where we have a dynamic music department. I just keep praising the Lord for his grace and his mercy. Now, as we come tonight, I can't tell you how much I appreciate your pastor and your first lady. I tell you, they are some of the one, one sweetest and kindest people you ever want to see. And I praise the Lord with all of their accomplishments, they still have the common touch. They still have the common touch. They are no different than they were 40 something years ago when we met just as down to earth and nice as they can be. I praise the Lord. I believe. Amen. I think we ought to always celebrate leadership. And now that I'm a bishop, and I tell you, my brothers and sisters, what I'm seeing here, good hope. Missionary Baptist Church, you don't see everywhere. The kind of spirit, I want to let you know that what you got, you got it going on here. And I pray and hope that you don't have to lose what you got to appreciate what you got. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Keep on treating them good, loving them. And Lord knows you know they love you all. Hallelujah. Lord knows they love you all. Hallelujah. Thank you for treating me so kind this week. And as we come, we are so grateful. I'm so honored to have two bishops here. Uh, two. I mean, y'all know what y'all got two bishops here. Hallelujah. I mean, taking out of their busy schedules to come here, another bishop. Thank y'all so much. We have Bishop Willie Mincy from True Holiness Tabernacle and Bishop Willie Watson from Praise Temple. Amen. Thank y'all. And then this distinguished ministerial staff. Amen. We're so honored. I've been talking about I've been telling Pastor Pickett, man, you got these solid ministerial staff folks. Amen. And then you got all these wonderful deacons and deaconesses and trustees and missionaries and singing choirs. All of these wonderful members. This many folks out on a Tuesday night for a revival. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank God. It's, it's been wonderful. I'm telling everybody, yes, I'm down in Boston, Florida. I'm not making no apologies. God opened this door, and I don't get invitation. This is my first invitation as a bishop to preach a revival. Amen. They don't, amen. I don't even get invited to do revivals no more. So when this invitation came through, I said, yes, I'm going. Praise the Lord. And so we're glad to be here. Thank you so very much. Um, we certainly want to uh, give greetings on behalf of my wife. She, with tomorrow, we'll be married for 37 years. And uh, praise the Lord. I know it's one of the deacons' day of life celebration tomorrow. And uh, we... Uh, we, uh, somebody said, now you're not going to be there for your anniversary? I said, now look, we've been married for 37 years. 
If she doesn't know that I love her by now. But you know I got some flowers being delivered in the morning, right? Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. And as soon as I get back on Thursday, we're going on our anniversary trip. Amen. Praise the Lord. But God is good. Let us pray. Father, in your name, please have your way. Touch us, Lord. You know what we stand in need of, how we need it, what we need, where we need it. And God, you know how much we cannot make this without you. We keep on trusting you and believing you because we know that all power is in your hands. And Lord Jesus, we know you can do it. everything, everything but fail. So have your way tonight, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now tonight, I want to call your attention to just a basic scripture taken from St. John, the 15th chapter. St. John, the 15th chapter. And I'm going to read the 16th and the 17th verses. And it says, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you that you love one another. And this is the New King James Version. Amen. And you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you. Praise the Lord. Now, this scripture has been an encouragement to me on my journey. Because in life, we all know we have ups and downs. And you've heard some of my stories. And um, you've heard some of the ups and downs. Uh, the Pickens and I were just talking today over lunch, a beautiful lunch. And we were just talking about some of the things we have been through. And Lord knows any Christian who does not have a testimony is a sad Christian. If you have been walking with Jesus... For any length of time, at least over three years, you ought to have some unique testimony of what the Lord has done. I was so thrilled last night at the end of the service, several people came up and told me their testimony as well as this past Sunday. To know that so many people have a story. So many people have an amazing story. So many people can't even, you can't comprehend some of the things that other folks have been through. But the common line is that if it had not been for the Lord on my side, if it had not been for God intervening, and, and if it had not been for somebody else praying for us, I don't know where we would be. That song that says my mama prayed for me, had me on her mind, took the time and prayed for me and will go on. My pastor prayed for me. My father prayed for me and this on and on. But we know prayer is a powerful force. We know that without the power of prayer, we couldn't do nothing. And Lord knows anybody who is seriously trying to walk the Christian light know that you got to pray. There ain't no getting around about it. You can't be cute about it. You just got to tell God what you stand in need of. Confess your sins. Ask him for forgiveness and go ahead and ask him to bless you. To look beyond your faults while he is blessing you and to see all your needs. To know that your help 
comes from the Lord. And that your hope is in him. That without him you can't do nothing. But Lord knows with him you can do all things. I know I'm not telling you nothing new because you're a well-taught congregation. But I love to witness to folks. And I love folks to witness back that I know what you're talking about, preacher. I know that I would not be where I am if the Lord had not been kind to me. In fact, I've gotten so many blessings I didn't even have sense enough to pray for. There are some blessings that is overtaking me. There are some things that has happened to my life that I couldn't even imagine that they could possibly have happened. I didn't have sense enough to ask God for some of the things I've gotten. Ain't no way in the world I could have figured out how I got where I've gotten. Have you ever looked back over your life and just really thought about where you are and really tried to work through the details but you got frustrated because every time you think you have it figured out, you find that there was something else that happened that you didn't have nothing to do with. You just happened to be in the right place at the right time. The right people came across your pathway. That ought to bring about a praise down in your spirit. I tell you, when you think about the goodness of Jesus and all he has done for you, I tell you, your soul will cry out, hallelujah. you got to thank God for what he has done for you. I look at where I am tonight. I'm talking about Good Hope Missionary Baptist Church down in the state of Florida. Nobody but God up above could have ordained this moment. Nobody but God could have worked it out to this moment. And I praise the Lord for all the roads he's taken me up and down. Now, during my pastoral ministry, there were three things I always tried to stress to my people. Well, that your life is so interwoven into God's hands that nothing happens to you by accident. When you are anointed and under the saving grace of God, when you have sold out to God, when God has his hand on your life, celebrate everything that you go through. Celebrate the good and the bad. I'm finally learning what the Apostle Paul said, give thanks to God in all things, for this is his will concerning you. I found, my brothers and sisters, what I thought were my worst nightmare has turned out to be my greatest testimony. Lord, if I had never had some downs, I wouldn't know what it is to be up. If I had never had some failures, I wouldn't know how to celebrate success. If I had never been sick, I wouldn't know how to thank God for my health. If I never had some marital problems, I wouldn't know how to celebrate 37 years. If I had not had some trials and tribulations in my life, I wouldn't know how to tell God, thank you for the good time. So I've learned whatever state I am in to tell him, thank you, Lord. On my good days, I say, thank you. On my bad days, I say thank you. On my weary days, I say thank you. On the days I feel like I'm on the mountaintop, I tell him thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. I want to remind you, my brothers and sisters, that none of us are here by accident. That every little minute 
detail of your life is orchestrated by God. And the sooner you realize that, the better off you're going to be. Because I keep telling people we ain't running nothing but our mouth. We think we are in control of certain situations, but actually we ain't in control of nothing. And the sooner we realize that, the more we're going to be at peace. The less we're going to worry, the more we're going to trust God and believe that God's got it all in control. Pastor Pickett asked me a question today that if you had to do it all over again, what would be one of the things that you would do in your ministry differently? And I said, I would trust God more. I would trust God more. I would not worry about what people say. I would not worry about what the enemy say people are going to do. I would just simply trust God more and know that God will come through. Because after all my 40-something years of ministry, I've learned that God will not fail you. I've learned that God will come through for you. And I pray it, Lord, I thank you that the enemy cannot do what the enemy wants to do. I am so glad, God, that even though he came to steal, kill, and destroy, but you come that I might have life and have it more abundantly. Thank you, Lord. That's why I love John 3.16, and I know you all are on that journey. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but what? Shall have everlasting life. But while you're repeating that, don't forget 17. For he sent his son into the world not to condemn the world, but that through him the world will be saved. I love that because there are some folks who want to make you think that God is only for them and that God is only looking out for them. But God loves everybody and he is not willing to condemn nobody. He wants to bless everybody. And so I tell my members that I used to tell them that you are under three A's. Number one, realize that you are anointed. And because you're anointed, you got the power. And now let me tell you, anointed makes the difference. Anointing gives you the power to do that which you can't do in your natural state. Anointing gives you the power to do the supernatural. The anointing gives you the power to go where your body don't want to go. And make you love like you don't want to love. When you are under the anointing of God, you can conquer the impossible. Because it's not you doing it. When you are under the anointing, you realize who gets the glory. You understand who you need to give the glory to. I thank the doctors for what they've done and they allowed me to be alive. But I also know that it was the power of God. But it's the purpose of God. That is the ways of God that has me doing what I'm doing. And so, my brothers and sisters, when you realize that you are anointed and you are anointed for the task, there is nobody on hell can stop you from receiving what God wants you to receive. Hallelujah. They might tell you you're not good enough. You don't talk well enough. You don't live in the right place. You came from the wrong background. But let me tell you, when the favor of God is upon your life, when God has ordained your path, ain't no demon in hell can stop you from receiving what God wants you to have. That's why I learned to tell God, thank you. Because Lord, if man would have had his way, if woman would have had her way, 
ain't no way in the world I would have what I have. But I thank you, Lord, that when my enemies came up against me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Don hosts came up against me. Yet I will be confident of this one thing, that I believe that I shall see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And I'm going to wait on the Lord. I'm going to trust him and believe that he is on my side. Oh, yes. And then the second one is that you are appointed for certain positions. You're appointed. I don't care how many times I appoint pastors. I tell them it ain't me appointing you. It's God. I don't have that much power. You just happen to be under my leadership. But God's already got a map for your life. And if you are praying and I'm praying, the Lord's going to work it out that you're going to be right where you want to be. So therefore, when I send you to some place you don't want to go, and if you believe that you are under the power and anointed of God, you go anyway and watch God work the miracles in your life. And I've had all of them. I haven't had but one to tell me that I did not go where I felt I needed to be. Even though I didn't want to go, but when I got there, the Lord confirmed that's where I needed to be. Well, I tell you, I said, well, I told you I prayed. And if you prayed, there ain't nobody else have any dominion over you. Because it's God who makes the appointment. And when you go someplace on your job, in your career, don't ever give power to another human being to make them think they are the ones that got you there. God just simply used them to bless you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So that's why when you get your blessings, you shouldn't have no problems coming up in here and giving God tithes and telling God, thank you. You shouldn't be complaining about what the church doing with your money because it ain't yours no how. The Lord set you up so that you can be a blessing to the kingdom. Everything you got belongs to God. In fact, you belong to him. And if God chose to, he could easily take your breath, snap his finger, and you could be gone. But since he allowed you to live, and since he has blessed you, you ought to do right by God. Lord, I hate a complaining Christian. I hate to hear folks blessed with a loaf of bread under their arms and talking about they don't have nothing. I hate to hear people making poor mouth about what they not don't have and what they're not going to have six months from now and what the Lord is not going to do for them. And yet, on the other hand, that you can't have testimony service for them talking about how good God is and how the Lord will make a way somehow and how with God all things are possible. If you don't believe it, shut up. Stop talking about the goodness of God. If you're going to complain when God has been so good, the time you spend complaining 
you can be praising God for what you got. And then number three, first, anointed. Next one, appointed. And the third one is accountability. To whom much is given, much is required. You know what? Jesus never called to nobody who was not busy. Every time he healed folks who were not busy and they wanted to follow him, he said, go back home. Amen. No, I don't. I, I found you on the side of the road. Go ahead. Go to the other towns and tell everybody what I've done for you. But he called fishermen and tax collectors and people who were doing something, who were already busy. Get up. Left, leave your nets. Come on and follow me. Matthew, leave your tax collector's booth. Come on. Go find somebody else who is busy. And so therefore, that's what God wants. But he wants an account of what you have done. Everybody going to have to give an account. I don't care what the assignment is. You can get mad with somebody else and talk about you ain't singing no more. And talking about you ain't paying your money and you are getting off the usher boat because they won't let you usher and all of this crazy stuff when they don't have nothing to do with advancing the kingdom of God. They didn't call your name and you fried chicken all day long. All of this kind of stuff. They don't ask you to bring the potato salad no more. God does not care nothing about that stuff. God wants to know, are you fulfilling what I have given you? The nerve. This gifted brother. What if he said, I'm not playing no more because the choir won't come to rehearsal? What if this beautiful men chorus decided we ain't singing no more because the people don't act like they enjoy us? What if you, I ain't coming out to no revival. I ain't supporting this. I ain't supporting that. You're going to have to give an account for that. You're going to have to give an account for what God has given to you. You remember the parable. I don't have to tell you. The man had five talents. One had two. One had one. And one hid his. The other one made more. And the other one made more. And what did Jesus say? You slowful. You slowful servant. You lazy servant. Why didn't you at least put my money in the bank so it could have made a little interest? You knew who I was when I gave it to you. But the one who had five, what? Made five more and was blessed enough that he was blessed beyond measure. Maybe you will get more if you learn how to be appreciative for what you already got. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I used to have people, and I know ain't nobody like that down here in Good Hope. Lord, pastor, when I get my blessing, I'm going to run around the church. Lord, when I get through working this job, I'm coming to Bible study. You won't have no need to worry about somebody doing this and doing that because I'm going to be right here. I just look at them because I said, if you ain't doing it now, more than likely you're not going to do it. 
Because when you learn to serve out of sacrifice, when you learn how to be appreciative and give out of what you already got, it's only then that you begin to be blessed. Because what St. Luke 6.38 says, Give and it shall be given. Good measure pressed down, shaken up, running over, shall men give unto your bosom. That shall be your reward. For the same measure you give will be the same measure you shall receive. My brothers and my sisters, God is waiting for you to see what you're going to do with what you already got. If you're not going to run with the things he has already done. I'm quite sure you might run one Sunday, but it'll just be for a show. But when you know it's rooted down in your heart, when you know the Lord has been good to you, and you know you want to give him some glory, that's when you get undignified. That's when you don't care who's looking. That's when you don't care what nobody thinks. Even if your wig fall off, even if your tie get wind up, all you thinking about is giving God glory for the wonderful things he has done. And I'm almost finished. God gave me the scripture, bishops, when I was candidating for bishop. And I, my me brethren know that that's a hard task. That's a task that only a few people make it through. In our 200 and uh, 200 years at the AME Church, we have only elected 138 people. And, and, and the competition is stiff. When I ran, it took me 10 years to get elected a bishop. And I'm telling you, if I had not believed that I was anointed and appointed for the task, there is no way I could have done it. But I got encouragement every step of the way. But I tell you, I had my share of doubts. There were some folks said, ain't nobody ever said the Lord called them to do it. One man hurt my feelings so bad, told me in the midst of another candidate, saying the problem with you, you walking around talking about you called to be a bishop. And the thing is, you are calling, causing resentment with so many people. Because the scriptures even say he who desires to be a bishop with scripture on me. And he who desires the office of a bishop desires a good thing. And it does not say nothing about called. I said I'm not trying to say the scripture is wrong. But I'm talking about what I know God told me. And I can only speak about what he told me. And so therefore I'm going to keep on holding on. The thing upset me so bad and hurt me so bad. I went back that Sunday and preached a sermon called The Called and the Response. And that Sunday, a young man, 20 years old, came to the altar and said, Pastor, I want to accept my call to preach. And before I left my church, that young man was a Dan and and the youth minister of our church. But I kept on going. Some folks said, you gone around talking about the Lord called you. You're not political enough. You don't have enough money. Your church is not stationed in the inner city. Your church is out in the country. And you're not 
cut from the right stock. Your daddy was not a pastor. Your granddaddy was not a pastor. I had to go back and dig up my great-grandfathers were ministers. That's how far removed I was from the ministry. But I said, I'm going on anyhow. Because, Lord, I'm depending on what you said. And, Lord, when I got to the general conference in 2016, I heard all kind of stuff. They said, you are not going to get elected. There's somebody else a little older than you that's probably going to make it. I said, Lord, I'm standing on your word. I believe that you called me and you appointed me and you have anointed me and I've been obedient to the call. And so I started praying that day. I said, Lord, I want you to allow me to be elected, but I want you to do it in such a manner that only everybody will have to know that you say it's done. And one person walked up to me and said, you're going to get elected. I said, thank you. He said, but you're going to probably be five of number six. They're only electing six. So I said, well, thank you for including me. And so I said, Lord, I'm depending on you. But that morning I woke up. The next bishop to be elected was number 133. I woke up that morning. I checked my blood sugar. My blood sugar was 133. I text my wife. And I text my children, my grandson. I say, y'all, my blood sugar's 133. They text back, you all right? I say, yeah, I'm all right. But that's the next number for the bishop to be elected. And, 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 and then I opened up my one-year Bible. And I read Israel being a David crowned king of Israel that day. On July the 11th, 2016. I said, Lord, do it for me today. I said, Lord, I don't have no money. I spent all the money I had running. Lord, I can't negotiate. I'm not a politician. I don't know how to go up to somebody and tell them. And Lord, if I got to buy the bishopric, I don't want it. I said, Lord, I'm depending on you. And I tell you, my brothers and sisters, I was setting up on the stage. And when the votes came down, the votes, I looked up on the screen and I did not see my name. I was looking down in the S's and I said, Lord, I didn't even get enough votes to register. And I looked again. I said, Lord, there's my name at the top. And, and then I looked up there and I had 941 votes out of 1,500 people casting their ballot. I said, oh my God. I said, wait a minute, before I get too happy, let me see how much I need. And so I saw the amount needed to win was 781. Then I'm an accountant by trade. So I sat there and I started reasoning. I said, 941 is more than 781. I said, now, if 941 is more, then that means I won. I jumped up. I started hollering. I said, folks, I won. Y'all, I won. Nobody would move. I said, but I know one thing. I'm going to give God some glory. 
but I shouted. I praise God. I shouted all over that platform. I didn't care what nobody thought. I wanted to give God glory. For he said, I chose you. You did not choose me, but I chose you. I appointed you. I anointed you so that you would go forth and bear fruit and fruit that remain. That whatever you, whatever, whatever you ask in my name, I will 